This episode of Into the Wild is sponsored by Leica Sport Optics. It's well known and proven that connecting with wildlife and nature can improve your overall well-being. So why would you not want to turn it up a notch by getting to see things even closer and clearer with a set of binoculars? It's what I have done and I've not looked back. I can't recommend enough checking out the range of optics that Leica have to offer. A great range of kit with superb optics and they even have payment plans if you don't have the cash up front. I wouldn't shout about a company on the show that I haven't used or been impressed by, and it's important to me that companies we are partnered with have the same values as Into the Wild, which is why I'm proud to give them five thumbs up. If you want to check out more of Leica's range, then visit their website that can be found in the write-up of this episode. And now, on with the show. Hello everyone and welcome to Into the Wild, your weekly podcast all about wildlife, conservation and nature. I am your host, Ryan Dalton. Cheers for clicking play. Welcome to the show, Nature Nerds. Hope you're all well. Um, I'm in my flat. I'm not out about on a walk. Um, I'm going to be so honest with you. I'm really, really hungover. <laughs> Is that all right to say on the show? It's my show, so I want. <laughs> That's dangerous. Um, no, I'm very hungover. I went out um, and celebrated with some friends just to be out and about. And um, it turns out you can have too much Guinness. Who'd have thought? Who would have thought? It's also a big day for me today. <laughs> this is so unrelated to nature or wildlife. Because I'm getting my hair cut. <laughs> I've not had my hair cut in nearly three years. No, in three years. I've not had it cut in three years. It's down my back and I'm getting it cut. So if you want to see what it looks like, if anyone gives a <laughs> head over to our social medias. Anyway, we've got cop. 27 going on at the moment. Um, more like cop out. No, it's if you don't know what cop is, cop is where world leaders all get together and discuss the future of the planet and what governments should be doing, uh, where money should be going, what systems should be changing to help fight and tackle climate change, uh, the climate crisis and biodiversity crisis. Um, so that's all going on at the moment. It's very intense because there's loads of talking going on loads of commitments being made there's loads of massive targets being made but it's not about the words is it it's about the actions and we're in probably a worse state than we were from cop 26 now i'm not being pessimistic i'm not being negative i really really would love to be wrong in thinking that it's just uh, not gonna make much change i'd love to be wrong but i am struggling to have faith in things like this um if you're like me and that can get overwhelming, I would encourage you all to just leave it. You don't need to read it all now. You don't need to watch every talk. Obviously, if you want to, that's fantastic and you should, but don't feel like you have to do it, right? It's We all know what's gonna happen at the end of the COP. There'll be articles out there going the main points. They'll, the people out there, great communicators, will be out there bullet pointing the main topics. So don't feel like you have to watch it. All right, or you don't feel like you have to be involved in this chat. Go for walks, go read a book, go watch Love is Blind series three on Netflix. Like, <laughs> oh my God, I referenced this in the show as well. Now you're all going to know I'm addicted to it. Um, but do, do you know what? Just look after yourself, right? It's, it, it's a scary time. Today is 18 degrees in London. I saw some bulbs starting to grow and I've seen on social media blossom on trees is coming out it's so abnormal it's so scary so just look after yourself sometimes cop is not where you need to be but on to today's show if you are struggling with stuff then i've got some good news this show we're doing a nature room 101 round four hell yeah we are so i wanted to do a nature room 101 because i wanted a, a nice funny little chat with some friends now if you're new to into the world and you're not sure what nature room 101 is um much like the show room 101 but a nature theme. So we have three topics on the show and my guests and I pick our worst thing, our bugbear, our annoying topic in that headline. We all vote, we all have a rant, we all vote for which one goes into the vault of Nature Room 101 forever. Joining me on the show is the wonderful Indy Green and Nadia Shake. So I hope you enjoy the show. It's, it does get a bit deep in places actually, but very good, very good points made. I will say that. Um, but we do have a good laugh as well. So I hope Nature Room 101 is exactly what you need. Enjoy the show. 
Hello everyone, welcome to Nature Room 101. It's been a while since we've done one of these. It suddenly hit me the other day that uh, we've done lots of interesting, fascinating episodes talking to wonderful guests, but I could do a bit of a rant and a bit of a laugh. So I decided to do an episode that we've done three times in the past. So this is round four. Um, New listeners to the show may not have a clue what's going on, but if you've heard of a TV show called Room 101, well, this is the nature version where I have two guests that have been on the show before um, and we select three categories. We each have a rant about a specific thing in that category and then we vote between us to decide which one goes into Nature Room 101 forever. I will say now a disclaimer things will get angry. We will have a rant. We may talk about something that we don't like that you might like, but don't worry about it. It's all in the name of fun. Um, So to join me and get angry and to complain about things in the the nature world and the natural world um, is two guests, like I said, have been on the show before. Uh, Two very good friends of mine as well. So I feel like this might get very heated because we're very comfortable around each other, I feel. So the first guest is someone who was last on the show when we were talking about Right to Rome is the lovely, lovely Nadia Sheikh. Hi, Nadia. How are you? Hi, I'm all right. Yeah? Not bad today. Yeah, Not good. bad. That's good. Not bad. So five out of ten? <laughs> Six out of ten. Honest. I like it. How are you feeling about getting angry on Nature Room 101? Fine. That's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> It's my happy place. I've just spent I've just spent fourteen years of my career being polite, working from a large NGO. <laughs> so now I can say what the hell so I want. So now I can burn some <laughs> bridges. <laughs> exactly. Um, what are you drinking out of? This is a stainless steel pint cup for festivals. That's it. Do you know? Completely off topic, and please don't judge me before I say this, anyone, but Christina and I are watching Love is Blind on Netflix at the moment. because <gasps> I love Love is Blind. Isn't it just the best thing? How like, let's get we... 10 unhinged people and see if they can match and have a happy life. The answer is no, they can't. Okay, which ones do you think will go see us? I mean, definitely Nancy and uh, I can't remember the cowboy guy. Bartiste. Bartiste. Oh, no, no, no. Nancy's with Bartiste and then not, the no, cowboy sorry, guy. No, no cowboy. Uh, oh my you God, think they'll why say yes? Start, well, are we talking about Love is Blind? Okay, stop, 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 no, stop, stop. We'll okay, have this, this is, after. That's another show and podcast. Let's do an Instagram live. But they're drinking out of metal cups all the time, gold metal cups. and Because like, they can't be should... seen to drink alcohol. But we literally see them pouring tequila in the metal shop. Glass. I know. It's <laughs> right, funny, what do we think's happening? So when I saw that, then I was like, "Oh my god, you've got a metal glass!" It's like when you're like supposed to have a TV license, but you're all but watching you- the telly. <laughs> Um, the reason, listeners, why I shouted at Nadia's drinking vessel is because I'm drinking out of a jar and it's already been highlighted before we started the show. So I had to talk about what you were drinking out of. Um, is there anything you would like to say to the guests? I know you, Nadia, very well. I know you like to get angry. Not like to get angry. You appreciate your inner anger. Yes. And you don't shy away from it, which is why no. we probably connect very well as friends. So anything you want to say to the listeners before you have your rants about the things we're talking about? Anything they should be aware of? Um, yes, I'd like to talk about white supremacy straight in because, straight. <laughs> well, part straight of white supremacy top. culture is that we feel like um, anger and expressing anger is not an emotion that's generally allowed because we all have to be polite and nice all the time mm-hmm. when actually being angry at something is a legitimate response to things to be angry at. Absolutely. So when you say I'm an angry person, I'm actually a very happy person in life and Mm. I do get angry at injustice. The things I'm going to say today, potentially (laughs) a little bit silly, but maybe, (laughs) but also anger's okay. Yeah. We've the the weird thing is, Nada and I have spoken about this actually just personally quite a lot, (laughs) haven't we? Anger, yeah. Because it's, like we said, it's that very valid emotion that people get very weird about. It's usually, yeah, I mean, we all know why. But no, I like I like your answer there. Like, yeah, I'm angry at injustice, sisters. Is, and um, very happy person. Well, thank you for coming on the show. I'm looking forward to hearing your rants. Uh, my second guest is someone that I can't get off the <laughs> show, who seems to be on it all the time. He's, I mean, it's Indy Green. Hello, Indy. How are you? Hello, hello. I'm not bad. How are you? I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad. I'm just looking at the, the again, pointless for the listeners. But you have loads of photos behind you, and I'm trying to see if I'm in one of them. You are where I found you. No, this is this one here. That's the one. That's Lucy Lapwing there. That's me. That's when we're on Budby, just voice on the night jazz. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. And then that was very good. And then you're up. I think on the. I think there's a row higher than this somewhere. When uh, we were in the Natural History Museum, gawping at the big whale. 
Yes, um, that was a fun day. So yeah, yeah. And and you're somewhere as well looking at the like when I was taking my first time to London, I took a picture next to the tube sign. I was like, oh my god, this is the tube. <laughs> um so you're somewhere else as well. But yeah. Well, and Nadia, nice you're here too. You're here too. Am um, I? You're the wall. Yeah. Indy. Where are you? Uh I just saw you. <laughs> was it on is it an, is it something that you took on the Isle of Butte? Yeah, it's here. So that's me, Lucy, you and Tilly. Nice. Yes. Oh, oh Indy man. Nice. Thank well, <laughs> Indy, welcome to the show. Um, I can't imagine you getting angry. I know you do, but I just can't. I still can't imagine it. Like, is 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 ranting or not? Let's, let's we're talking probably more ranting than we are anger. But do you rant a lot? Do you go on rants? I used to do like a lot of like solo rants. Like I used solo to like there's, there's, there's like a big <laughs> hill near me. Like whenever I was really like <laughs> about something in the evening, mm. I would just like I would just like go on this hill because no one else goes there. It's, it's kind of like it's not my hill, but it kind of is. And whenever I go there, it's just like my space. There's no one else for miles. And I just like, I just go like, right, you know what? <laughs> and I just have like, a, just That's like a very good healthy. old, I like it. It's really good. Mm. It's like that, that is my therapy hill. Yeah. So um, you think there's no one there. There's loads of people that are like, wrong with that person. <laughs> I did. I was having a, I was having a rant about, oh, it was something political. It was years ago. Well, it could be any for five minutes. It honest, could be but, for the last 20 uh, years. Yeah. 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 Um, and yeah. And then someone, someone did walk around the corner with their dog and, um, <laughs> I was just like, okay, cool. And I just, I just went on a bit and just like pretended I was on the phone or something. But yeah. I do that right. a lot. I, I solo ran. But the thing is, because I used to write my comedy, like my stand-up sets in that way. I used to go mm. and walk and say it out loud. So occasionally I'd just walk around the corner, like talking about slow walkers on the street. And people were like, <laughs> what? We're in the middle of Hampstead Heath. I'm like, oh, <laughs> um, But no, it's very healthy to do, talking out mm. loud. because I enjoy of, it. Yeah, it is good mm. fun. Um, is there anything you want to say to listeners um, that they should be aware of before you go on your rants? Uh, Gossalks are great. Um, <laughs> um, I took a sip of my drink as if I was. I had to every time you say that. <laughs> um, I think I, I know like one or two of the points we're going to bring up, and I think they're all like really worth listening to. And I think that um, I like that. Maybe could, oh yeah, well yeah, potentially <laughs> this is worth listening to. Don't you press pause? <laughs> I think one of mine's probably a bit of a throwaway, but actually no, it definitely isn't. Um, so yeah, I think maybe just do it yourself. Maybe just have like yes, a thing to yourself. Like actually, what yeah, a great idea. Yeah, yeah. Get people if you're like I always say if you're listening. <laughs> I don't know who I'm saying <laughs> that to. Listeners, please send in your answers to the questions. I've been dying to know. Uh, tweet them or in, uh, send them on Instagram. Well, so we're going to get going. We've got three categories. We've got three things to talk about in each. So we better get going. So let's open the door on Nature Room One Hundred and One. <laughs> Was there a sound effect then? There was a gap. There was meant to be a gap, but the gap was filled by. Is there a sound effect? That's fine. So it's only because I was going to make one. You, Oscar, can use the one you want to make. Do you want to make it? Oh, Oscar! I'm Oscar. I'm sorry in advance. Okay, go on. No, 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 guy. I want you to. No, no. Now I don't know how it's going to come out of my mouth. That's the exciting part. Okay. It's very okay. Halloween-y. That's <laughs> bar now vibes, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, round one. Um, this one, I'm going to be honest and hold my hand up. I picked this one because I knew what Nadia was going to pick. I, I just, I, I, we had a conversation recently and I might be wrong. I might be wrong, people. And I'm willing to hold my hands up because I, I don't know what Nadia's picked for any of these. But I've got a feeling I know. But I went for the first one we're going to talk about is pointless practice. Now, this is something in the conservation or wildlife world that you you just think is absolutely pointless, irrelevant, outdated, doesn't need to be happening anymore, um, useless, needs to be gone, and it's time to move away from that. So it's quite actually. When I thought about this, it's quite hard because there was a few. There was a few for me personally where I'm like, and the tricky one with this is it is personal. So we might have some answers that we go, actually, I don't agree with you on that. So I'm interested to see what you went for. Nadia, we're going to start with you because I want to see if I'm right. Um, and you look, I, you look in I pain. know, I know what you, I knew what you were going to say. And I don't know if I can go there. I don't know. Do I not. don't know. Oh, this is how, de- this is how delicate, this is how controversial it is. Do it. If not Should now, I just do it? when? Okay, fine. Do it. I agree with you. Oh, well, yeah, you wait. You ain't heard it yet. <laughs> So there's caveats in this. There's caveats in this. I have a problem with bird ringing. Okay, it's I, out there now. Okay, right. So listeners to me might just think, "What does she know? She's a 
a brown woman who doesn't do bird ringing. I have had lots of conversations and lots of experience with bird ringers in my longish, medium-sized career. And um, I have a problem in general with data collection and Mm. obsessive data collection. I can point to, like, data can be useful, but often we gather a lot of data and it doesn't go anywhere and it doesn't do anything. So numbers of birds aren't increasing necessarily across the board. Generally, biodiversity is decreasing. And I find that there are a lot of bird ringers who ring to for ringing's sake. So I think when we ring birds of prey in nests to be able to like track movements or when there's really small populations of things, when there are really specific um, bits of data that need to be gathered, I understand it. I think there's just a lot of hobby ringing mm. um, on really common species that we know enough about and we don't need to know any more about. And yes, data is interesting. It is interesting. But when we are in a current biodiversity crisis um we know what's affecting our farmland bird populations we now know because we're a globalized world we now know generally where a lot of things go to migrate and we can communicate across the globe and we can observe things and and gather data like that We, we know why we know that you know intensive agriculture pollution loss of habitat are driving bird species down and i'm not seeing a direct correlation a lot of the time between gathering loads and loads and loads. i mean the volume of data that's collected like how that's being di- directly turned into change and i think and i think it comes under this umbrella of generally western conservation um having a lot of its roots in like the natural history movement which was deeply colonial and problematic mm. so kind of like the obsessive observing collecting data and studying things as a single entity as opposed to going back to a deeper spiritual and kind of more whole world approach to our understanding that there are kith and kin and when you're in a place where you understand something is kith and kin how you could put a net up knowing potentially that they could die that you could catch dragonflies and kill them knowing that the driver for putting a net up is so that you could catch a species that you've never caught before and then relish in holding it in its hand in your hand and feeling its little heartbeat and it freaking out for me i find that deeply uncomfortable and whilst i'm i'm generally that i don't have a but I don't have binary thinking in terms of right or wrong. I think yeah, I explained yeah. that there are some instances. Um, and these are only my observations of the world from a human relational point of view in terms of the people that I've met and the people that do it. Um, and so, where, like, I guess where I come from, I'm not seeing Western conservation have enough of that heart and that root and that that um, understanding that nature is our kin and, and having that kind of deep connection yeah Um, and i'm not sure and i just don't i to be honest with you and also just like i don't know i don't i just it gives me so intuition is really powerful and i work on my intuition i try and listen to my intuition and not systems my intuition tells me when i'm in those spaces and i observe it i'm deeply feel uncomfortable and if i feel uncomfortable it's coming from somewhere that's i think that's fair is that too is that angry enough do you want me to be funnier no Can you go back and say that all again with five jokes in okay. the middle of the um, No, knock. I think I've no. This one, to be fair, this one, the pointless practice will be like a bit serious because it's something that is actually happening that we have a problem with, right? So, I think y- your point there is very, very interesting because you're saying like it's not necessarily the thing because there may be cases globally where that practice may be needed to see what is happening if it's a massive change but like you said what's currently being done is something where we're mass collecting data on many species or environments that we already have a lot of data about that may not be needed so it's kind of it is it is that pointless thing yes it could be a practice that is needed from time to time or do we need to find out some more here or you know it's never been something when I've seen being done that I've gone like, really, is that how we're still doing things? It felt very draconian way of collecting data. I think in 2022, like, is there not a new way to start collecting data? That's my view. Indy, this is interesting. Indy, what do you think? Well, I, I agree. I mean, even when you said like the amount of data that's being gathered, I'm not even sure that much data is gathered from it. Um, I mean, obviously there is, but the amount of retraps they get, I know, is pretty minimal. Mm-hmm. You're not retrapping the same amount of birds that you're catching initially, are you? So a lot of the time when you're just putting a net up a load of feed, you're just catching blue tit after blue tit after blue tit after blue tit after blue tit and getting really not a lot from it. Like, oh, look, this one lived five years, not four. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter, really. Who knew age could change? <laughs> yeah, it, and um, 
And I, I agree with Nadia when she said, like, maybe a bit more targeted stuff, like when you mm. mentioned, like, birds of prey. I mean, I know satellite tagging is kind of different, but I suppose that's been quite effective working out where, like, hen harriers have been going yeah. down and yeah, that yeah, kind yeah. of stuff. And I think that's really good. That's been but, amazing. Yeah, but I think, yeah, definitely more targeted, like, if it's if it's going to carry on, more targeted stuff, because I feel like so much of it is, like you said, really well, which is just, like, for, like, their own almost, like, personal gain, like, what mm. what, have, what have you caught? And, you know, getting a good picture to post on social media, you know, yeah. like, here's a, a kingfisher or whatever, you know, just that, that's, you know, yeah. I've caught one of these. An, an opportunity just, to hold it rather than to actually yeah, yeah. get the it's data. It's just, yeah, so I just feel like it's, it's almost gone beyond science and more just for a like yeah. humans own personal game but I, I completely agree but i think that's like you said with the satellite tagging that's what i mean that that's an advancement in technology that yeah. we're using to not have to be so intrusive with our and you get results from it and really you get quickly. results right you yeah. can constantly look at yeah. the results whereas the net in the net mm, formation for me results. when i first learned about it it was only in the last few years where i was i was just like really it just didn't seem very evolved over the years yeah. it just and i had no no idea about it i didn't look into it and i just thought like are we really still doing that like is that how we're doing things like are we still keeping files in like filing cabinets with this data on and stuff are we tea staining it to make it look old <laughs> yeah i think that, that yeah i'd be interested to know what what happens with that data i think people they manage like you know lengths of primaries yeah like the weight the fat content the weight of the thing and it feels like there's an emergency going on and we've got a lot of the answers and if you add up all the hours that are spent ringing what if they were spent um you know working in local communities to try and create nature-friendly practices and yeah. a coalition and collection of farmers in a local area maybe putting out winter feeding for birds you know the things that could be done well maybe, like it's, it's you know, evolving your citizen science almost because is a lot of it volunteered yeah, I think majority is all volunteer. So, like, look at the like. There's there's clearly a connection that people want to be helping somewhere, and it's like, can we not evolve? Like you said, evolve that and look at the more community based things. That's a good one, though. That's a solid start. Thanks. Solid. Thanks. Contra- start. I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna use that one, but I saw that you were like going, go on, say it. I'm happy to be. I'm happy to take all of the flack online. <laughs> I don't care. Two shades. I had one that is not too dissimilar to yours, but more after the bird ringing but this is more across the conservation board right from every species every environment every practice right is i i don't know if it's a practice or a mindset to be honest but it's something that i've learned especially since beyond the trigger came out is that how we value paper over people we value that data that nadia just spoke about over people this is my bugbear at the moment because I just think it's very impersonal. It's very, when you have this access to all this kind of data out there, whatever it is is for, you can kind of find the data to fit the point you're trying to make. And I think it it loses the nuance. It loses that talking point across whatever and the best example i can probably give to this is obviously with with beyond the trigger coming out is, is using something like hunting tourism and stuff like that within any country so every con- conversation i've had no matter what we're talking about no matter who said what it always straight away goes back to this data but look at the data here look at the data here and i'm like well but one minute we're, we're talking to these people that live in this area we're talking to the we're talking to the people that create the data you are using to talk them down and push them away and i that's the bit i can't get my mind around that if if we have fabianos that does a game count with his game guards and counts 26 zebra one year and then that's on record then that's on paper that's data so we value that once it's on the bit of paper but then fabianos goes out the next year and says oh actually there's 400 zebra this year then people go, well, they can't be because it was only 26 last year. But it's like, that's the same person saying it. it's the same team, but we just, we don't value it as much. And it's, I'm starting to see it across all conservation. I think Nadia, it's something you, well, me and you have spoken about a bit. And it starts to bother me a lot that we just value it over. And I, I, I don't think that's right. I think there's more, more answers to be found sometimes in situation dependent um, by actually listening to what people are saying and actually having those conversations over reading an Excel spreadsheet. And you only find, I think, what you're looking for if you, if like, like I said, finding the way to your answer rather than finding the actual real situation. So that's my one is just a mindset of paper over people. So not too dissimilar to yours, Nadia, maybe. Yeah, it's a it's a difficult. It's really big and complex, and I think it's ultimately this this like 
we have a data obsession mm-hmm. in a world where we know what people need and we know what nature needs. Yeah. Yeah. We, we do. Like, and it's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of heartbreaking. I think, and I don't think it's obviously not a productive way of doing conservation because nature is declining <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> and, um, and actually, you know, we praise and laud Indigenous people and communities generally in the global south for protecting 75% of the world's biodiversity. And they don't generally use paper. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's a it's a really it's like a, that's like a peak of a, a massive yeah. big iceberg i think yeah it's an un, i think unwillingness to live listen to genuinely listen to communities on the ground and listen to what they need I've, I've seen it happen so bluntly on social media where i've actually shared a question from someone in a community in namibia just shared this question in a thread and someone came straight back with the data in that person's community going how can they think that here's all the data i'm like you haven't even answered the question like you've you've completely trampled this person with data that they were they were actually probably in charge of getting with their knowing their position in that community and you've just said well it doesn't matter what your question is because look how bad your wildlife is and i just found that so like gross when Mm -hmm. i saw it i was like at least answer his question and then see if you get on to data later but then it's just i think it's a very academic a problem in academia where it's just you know if it's not been peer reviewed 20 times then doesn't matter get it in the bin mm-hmm. and it's like that's not how value works i don't think but yeah so that's that's my one i agree i, I much prefer like talking to someone like if mm-hmm. i'm learning about about shared forest or whatever or like you know so, like a reserve i much prefer having a conversation with like the site manager or warden or someone who's like walked there for ages someone who knows the site really well rather than like not necessarily reading a website, but reading, you know, reading a load of research on it because you can't yeah. really ask research or paper questions. Whereas, you know, a person, you can mm. just say, well, what about this actually? And they might be able to answer it. So yeah, I know I would pick up a lot more from an actual in-person conversation rather than just. Yeah. That's and a really, it... that's a really beautiful way of bringing it yeah. down to something that's probably tangible for, for listeners. Yeah, exactly. Tangible. Yeah. yeah. Trusting somebody who's walked the same route for years and their stories. And it's so much richer as well. It's not even just like, Actually, this person knows that there are more or less spotted woodpeckers, but it's not in the record. So who's the real? Exactly. Also, it's just richer. Yeah. It's more mm. beautiful because it brings in the human. And if we can't, if we don't value human stories, I don't know. I don't know what we're saving nature for, really. Yeah. What's the point? Yeah. Exactly. If we're not, if if we're not caring about that element, then why? Yeah. Why save it? The I word think... misanthrope comes to mind. It's people who don't really like humans. <laughs> There's a lot in conservation. Conservation lot, is yeah. full of misanthropes, which is basically yeah. like, oh my God, humans are the worst, which is really problematic for how that designs and shapes nature conservation. Mm. But this, I think what you said there, Indy, though, is, is like Nadia said, spot on, because it, it's again, it's that going, if you said, well, I spoke to this person and they said that, then if, if someone doesn't agree with that, side they'll go well yeah but who did you talk to oh well they don't really know you should read this paper instead it's like oh, but yeah. then this is where it baffles my head because it's like okay well who's the paper written by so it's written by one person so again it's it's the mm. matching level of trust in that like you said you can't ask questions you can't find out more so yeah that's my one Indy, share yours what is your pointless practice that you'd like to see get in the bin uh, so mine isn't connected to those. It's um, it's kind of one that would, I suppose, kind of wouldn't have to exist in a in like an ideal world. But I still, in my Ooh, opinion, okay. think that it shouldn't exist maybe as much as it does, or it shouldn't be the first solution we go to. And mine's um, deer fencing. Ooh, Ooh deer's with swords. <laughs> so I was it does um, happen a lot. <laughs> I, I haven't seen that personally, but um. <laughs> Um, so we met, we had an RSVB, um, cause I'm a member of, really chuffed to be a member of the RSVB Youth Council. And we had our first, um, our first ever recent meetup in the Cairngorms. And we spent a weekend with, um, Cairngorms Connect to work, um, with a load of organizations basically trying to restore the woodland in the Cairngorms. And, um, they work over quite a large area and basically they aren't, um, as far as I know, putting up any deer fences. They're basically implementing a cull on the deer. So mm. their aim was to have, uh, I think it was five deer per square kilometre or mile. I can't remember which one it was. Um, but I think they've got it even down to lower than that now, to maybe like two or three. And the response, I think the project started in 2014, but the response of the trees on the hillside is just like, you can see it. Like immediately, yeah, and like yeah. this is the sort of stuff when you go through like 
the peaks or the lakes and you just see like these just bare hillsides and it's just, it's just a desert and then you just see that sort of stuff where it's actually working and all this stuff that we've talked about for so long and you know restoring these landscapes and allowing the forest tree line to rise up the hillsides and the mountains again it's just like wow that's that was actually it and they showed us and it was incredible and that was just thanks to the deer culling and then of course those deer they were then uh, they showed us the deer larder um, and then they're selling all the meat locally and all that money then goes back into the conservation project so it's a great little circle so I just think that obviously deer fencing it costs money to put up and then a lot of money because you've got to do miles and miles hundreds of miles mm. of it um, and then you've got to maintain it as well. And then if it does, you know, if it gets any storm damage, if it, well, there's not, probably not going to be a tree there, but if a tree does fall on it, then deer are going to get in or sheep or something. It doesn't really seem that long term to me, but if you're almost playing God or trying to be a wolf with a gun, but it's, um, or just a wolf really, but um, I don't think wolves have guns. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just think... I just think it's maybe more of a natural way of doing it because instead you're just putting up another unnatural barrier in a landscape that's yeah. kind of got enough barriers as it is really. So I just I just think that maybe obviously in some scenarios where you've got like an area of land that is heavily managed for conservation and next door is like some sort of like a deer farm that they use for shooting and then they kind of keep spewing over and then maybe yeah you need to put a fence up because you can't kill all their deer because they they won't. So. Um, yeah, in some cases, but I think in most of the time you can obviously make a lot of money from the meat, which I've had on mull actually because they do a lot of that on mull and it does taste really good. Um, More people should be eating it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Because it's if seen you're as, listening like, now and you eat yeah. meat, just go to your butcher and see if they do venison. Yeah, definitely. There's got to be or contact your local forestry person. Yeah, no, definitely. I it think goes it's the way forward. It goes somewhere. But yeah, that's mine. I like it. I mm. like it. Uh, we have to vote now. So we have to decide, which obviously you can't vote for yourselves. <sighs> Nadia, no. I didn't know this. Yeah, I did say at the beginning. Oh, okay. But you did <laughs> say you'd listened a lot today. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, Nadia, we'll start with you. Out of paper over people or deer fencing, which one would you like to see get into the vault of Nature Room 101? So I actually hadn't really thought about deer fencing before, Indy, so thank you for sharing that. Mm. I feel like paper over people, if we got rid of that, ultimately we would have a kinder world in which I think the effect of that might be that we wouldn't have deer fencing. That mm. That's a cheat, isn't it? Oh, so you're using one to get to the other anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I think if we had a more community approach and a different localised approach sense. and then... Mm people would be able to manage their own land and wildlife and we probably wouldn't have those problems in the first place. So we wouldn't have corrupt, problematic, vast land ownership. So I'm going to go people over paper. That's a very good Lovely. point, actually. That is like very that. good. Yeah. I like that. Very strategic thinking mm. there, Nadia. Very strategic. Thanks, thanks. Well, that's why they call me Strategic Shake. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's why that happens. Which no one said ever. <laughs> no, but that should now be your Twitter handle. <laughs> Indy, which one would you like to go for, paper over people or bird ringing? I've never had this much responsibility. Wow. Yeah, you've got some bridges here you need to be careful with. Oh, wow. I do. But screw them. I'm going to probably go with bird ringing. <laughs> wow. Thank you, Indy. Um, no, I think I think that it's... Um, I mean, I don't know if people are thinking it, but maybe just cautious of talking about it or just not realising mm, it. So I just... No, I, I, I do think that's, that is really important. So yeah, probably nice. bird ringing for me. So... I can't vote for myself, so we'd. I mean, it, it it's on brand for me if I say bird ringing, isn't it? Because, Why is that on brand? Because I made a comment two years ago on Twitter that I don't find birds very interesting, and <laughs> running joke has been <laughs> I hate birds, so it would be weird if I didn't naturally get a draw to that. Okay, I'm happy to take the win. <laughs> 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 I want no, honestly that is um, there's more like I th I think because it kind of relates to mine as well in the way of data no I'm pointing to you on my screen not me no, no, no I was sorry. pointing to I was oh. pointing to, to, to Ryan being like because it helps mine too which is kind of what I did <laughs> so okay I'm gonna go with bird ringing because I did I naturally <laughs> before I even spoke to you about it when I first learned about this practice I was a bit like well, what the like what is this still where we are so i'm gonna go with that so there we go bird ringing goes into nature room 101 <laughs> the world right, explodes let's move on <laughs> let's move on to our next topic let's reopen that door nadia 
Right, okay, so the pointless practice one is done. That's the one that's probably the lengthiest chat. Yeah, 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 this one can all be giggles. This is, yeah, this is, this is all <laughs> like, you know, don't take this personally. Right, so now we're going on to <laughs> sea life. Yeah. Now the, you know, okay, right, let's be real. Marine life is incredible, but some of it is a bit like, really? Oh, like just a bit, no, I'm not really interested. Or it's a bit, it's a bit gross. Some of it is a bit gross. Some of it lives deep down in the water for a reason. And I'm sure there's many animals in the marine world that we could think can just bugger off and get in the well, we won't get in the sea. So, Nadia, we'll start with yourself. <coughs> sea life, what are you putting in? Ocean sunfish. I'm so happy you said that. <laughs> They're so big. Anything Take else? It. No. No. This is no. I think it's important. I have nothing to say about them. <laughs> is that why they go? <laughs> It's the only thing I could think of that I didn't care about. I have a story about ocean sunfish. I saw one and it was, it was on You mole. fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> and I almost <laughs> forgot about it. <laughs> it, was about, it was about five years ago. I was on a boat on mole and there was this one that was doing its thing, flapping its tail, getting all the gulls to do the work for it. And then it, it, went, it disappeared and we're about to, they were about to go. And then I was looking down. I could just see this little thing rising to the top. And it came up and it breached. And it was just like a dinner plate coming out of the water. It came up, just went... And that was it. It was just like, it was Another. no, it was no splash. It just sort of went. It, just they're, like, they're so boring. They can't even create a splash. No. Yeah. Did anyone even go, ooh? Uh, I, I think I'm probably the only person who saw it. And when I told yeah. everyone else, they were just like, okay. They were like, no one yeah. cares. Show me where the whales are at. <laughs> yeah. Unless you're going to tell me about a whale breach. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> Do you reckon that's what the sunfish was doing? Just showing it can breach too. What a depressing image when yeah. no one saw it. It probably had to get another two mates to push it. Did yeah. you see if oh, there it was did a Yeah. It actually <laughs> slipped and went up. <laughs> There's a humpback lifting it up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> just yeah. sat on the back of a whale. <laughs> to be fair, to this day, we're not sure if it wasn't just a floating dinner plate. Nobody knows. Could have exactly. been. Arguably, would have been exactly. more interesting if it was. <laughs> yeah. 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 What's a dinner ones? plate doing in the ocean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Way more questions about that. <laughs> exactly. Why isn't it sunk? <laughs> How did it breach? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe someone did just chuck a dinner plate in there and I, I missed that bit. But <laughs> that must have been a posh boat to have a ceramic plate. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So I'm okay. That's is that okay? That's all I've got to say. No, about that's that. grand. Like that. Yeah, that's a perfect answer, Indy. What's your <laughs> sea life? Clownfish. <laughs> they are that job at Disney. <laughs> they aren't even funny. Like it's just like, <laughs> like right. So here's here's it's my thing. It's more of uh, a deep personal connection uh, with a certain film. So yeah. So I think like <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't even like. So Nemo, right? It was Dory who did all the work. Like Dory did all the work finding Nemo. Yeah. And yeah, like yeah. did all the work. And Nemo yeah, was just there, like just just living its life, just in a tank, getting like loved. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> but like I just think it was I just I don't know, they just seemed like too fancy. You're telling me your entire opinion on the species of the entire group species of clownfish is based on finding Nemo. Yeah, because they got like they got way too big. Like <laughs> yeah. honestly, because they like after that film, they were like, "Oh look, I've been in a Hollywood film." And they got too big for the boots, basically. They were just <laughs> yeah, like they were just they like, did. and everybody wanted one. Yeah. And like, what 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 have they fault. done? What have they done to deserve? Excellent marketing is what they've done. Yeah. Well, yeah, true, actually. But they've like, done what the sunfish didn't. Yeah. <laughs> But like, why? Why look at like a little Nemo? I've forgotten what they're called now. Yeah. Clownfish. When <laughs> little Nemo? <laughs> why look at like a little clownfish? But you're a fan of blue tangs, then. Blue tang? Oh, that crap. Dory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dory. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I only know it was Dory. I didn't know that. That was what that was called. You looked. Wow. You looked then, Ryan. That that like that is common knowledge. <laughs> Nobody knows what Dory is. Hey, I'm not the one here listing through the animals in Finding Nemo. I thought. <laughs> the gang would have had some awareness of what some of the species were. Do you know, interestingly, I had a recent conversation with somebody about turtles and Crush. and how Finding Nemo has ruined turtles because they've got really cool and they don't deserve it. Yeah, I know. So it's interesting. No, it's just interesting that this very week um, that I had a conversation with someone that was just like, oh, God, they just take all the limelight now because one had a yeah. straw up its nose and it was uh, in Finding I, Nemo. I feel like they were pretty popular before Finding Nemo. Were they? It was not popular. It's just like the cool credibility. Oh, uh, cool, okay, okay. Yeah, I just, yeah. I just feel like they've just like why look at like a clownfish when you got gossip? 
like you know i mean that's another angle but i mean the answer could be you're in the sea <laughs> oh yeah that's a good point actually yeah i forgot what the round is called um, i've never gone snorkeling but, wow <laughs> there's not much here i'll look up for a bit do you how do you feel indie about their aesthetics or like what they look like mm. gossips or clownfish clownfish Cl- definitely okay. clownfish um <laughs> um i feel like i don't know could be i just i just so something that just doesn't quite do it for me mm. like, just, i just i hate them don't you well, I, I don't. It's only to, it's only a hatred I developed last night. To be honest, when I looked at these questions, but, um, <laughs> like, I think... which is fair. I will say is a fair yeah. point to make because you might not have ever thought about this before. Yeah, no, I didn't. But then I, got, I struggled really hard to think. I nearly went with sunfish to be honest because I was like looking up sea creatures and I was like, oh yeah, sunfish. They don't do much. I, I still still forgot. I, I actually forgot sunfish existed <laughs> since Nadia spoke about them. <laughs> <laughs> Five minutes. Ago. It's a strong argument, Indy. But no, I think I. Th- but no, I. I, th- I think yeah, clownfish too big for the boots, and they get too much limelight when there's plenty more to nice. enjoy. I think solid answer. Mm. Okay, right. I'm going with uh, squid. Oh, oh. I just no. Nadia, I'm voting for you. Okay, okay. I'm going to replace this. Why do you love squid? Unless it's battered, why do you like squid? Everything about them. Well, n- not an answer. They're interested. The way they move. Suckers. The way Suckers, they move. Big long arms. We, ju- we just heard about a sunfish breaching. <laughs> <laughs> and that does nothing for you. But the way they giant, just... giant squid take down ships. <laughs> hey, so does a sunfish when it breaches and lands <laughs> on a dinghy. Okay. <laughs> No, not proven. Hey, that's happened over one time. Squid are literally one of the... Sorry, you carry on, Ryan. We're not allowed to do this. Go on. No, but this is... this. The majority of them live so deep. So the what we know about them is only because of our technological advancements to get to them. If we couldn't get to the deep, we wouldn't have a f***ing clue about squid. So therefore... Sometimes they wash up. <laughs> I don't care how good they are at domestic chores. I'm saying they live so deep. They can wash 10 sunfish in one go. <laughs> they can get all that grime straight off. Exactly. I just think when, you know, they live so deep in the ocean, if it wasn't for us being able to get down there and see them, and all right, they flick a bit of light occasionally when they're down there, which is nice. They're good food source for other fish. And, and the giant ones are all right, but they're not as big as you think they're going to be. I have it. I have Indy, you learned about them today. How big are giant squid? Like massive. I like, I know how many college tables they are in length. I forgot how many meters because we were talking about that today. (laughs) But like we were talking about, we're talking about like, like how the fact that, because I like not knowing things about nature sometimes because I like the fact that like, I don't know, like, I don't (laughs) like 3000 meters down or however deep they are. Like the fact that, like you said, Ryan, the only way we can see them is by like this crazy technology. But the, mm. I just love the fact that they are down there, probably don't know humans exist. And I just love the fact that that's just like something else that we aren't like privy to. There's something, there's a whole other world down there that they're living in and enjoying. No, nah, I, think, I think they're down there for a reason. I reckon they're, I reckon every animal, I reckon every animal in the deep sea is down there because evolution just went off. <laughs> No, you need to you need to get to the bottom. You're not allowed up. No. No. <laughs> That's a strong argument. What's I strong just argument? I just I think the things in the deep are really interesting. Yeah, but we literally would not know about Oh, okay, them. so if humans can't see them, they're not good. <laughs> Oh, just be just because they can't breach as much as whales. <laughs> no, I think no, no. I think I think I've never been impressed by a squid. Fine, there you go. I fine, said it. fine. Never. Okay. Never. Never. The one, the one sea creature shared that's actually enchanted dozens of fairy tales and fantasy writing, and and has been like the subject of the most human mystery and speculation and excitement. Okay. <laughs> Name one fairy tale they're connected to. The, the squid and the pea. <laughs> I made it up. <laughs> <laughs> no, did you? <laughs> When's the book deal coming? <laughs> Not long. No, Not long. I feel Not like actually. I feel like wow, they're such a big player. I find that very weird. You fi- no, come on, you find right. I will say a bit like Indy said. Have you seen a baby squid? 
No, I live in Highgate. <laughs> when... <laughs> okay. No, I, I will say, like Indy said, I don't hate squid, but I was forced to pick a sea life based on my own question, my own okay. thing. So it's one of those things where it's just like, I'm just a bit like, There's, uh, they're not up there for me. Would you let one hug you? No. That would feel so good. No, I think I think you've massively underestimated the risks involved. <laughs> no, so like a hug's a like a consensual hug. <laughs> no, that wasn't the risk that I was worried about. <laughs> no, but I mean like no. the risk wasn't. Did I did I ask for this? <laughs> no. Okay, I'm feeling like if you've both established this is what you want to do, you're not going to be eaten. Okay, okay, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. I still don't think it's going to be a pleasant experience. <laughs> I do. How come <laughs> clownfish just got a yeah? I get you. Squid <laughs> has been like dragged through the reef. I don't know. I don't know. Imagine having one on your shoulder, like like a raven. Yeah. Like, imagine like a pet squid, just like imagine like oh, imagine going to that... the shops with a squid. They could hold everything for you. Yeah. Again, right. What's happening is you're sh- <laughs> my answer with your made up world. <laughs> Possibilities. Are, yeah. I'm very glad <laughs> no, I imagine if, this round. Imagine if circuses actually had clownfish okay. in, juggling and driving little cars. <laughs> imagine if the sun was a sunfish. Point, point well made. Um, we got a vote. Well, I think I know where I'm <laughs> on this one. <laughs> I tell you what, you two vote first. Nadia, which one are you going for? Surprise me. I'm going to go clownfish, yeah. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, well done, Indy. Excellent, excellent um, argument. Also, Finding Nemo was a very important film for me in my life as mm. well. So, yeah, thank you. Was it? Why was it important? Because I just loved it. Like, I think at the time it came out, I was just like, wow, this is really magical. Just mm. enjoyed it. I just remember being like watching it and just going, that was mm. extraordinary. Mine, yeah. mine, 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 mine. <laughs> Excellent. We're all waiting. Yeah. Everyone, someone's going to do it. Yeah. Indy, which one are you going for? So, I know which one you're going for. Just say it. Um, I'm going to go for squish, 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 sunfish. <laughs> sunfish. Um, I am also going to go for sunfish because I genuinely had forgotten they existed. Yes. Until oh anyway. my God. Two out of three. <laughs> oh, shit. That means I win. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, okay. okay, game over then. Should we just stop? <laughs> Bye. I've got a good, I've got a squid to go and have a date with. <laughs> got a squid a consented squid cup. Yeah. <laughs> um right, okay, so uh sunfish are going in to Nature Room 101. Hey, sorry to interrupt the episode, Nature Nerds. It's Ryan, your host here. I just want to give you a quick shout out about something. Into the Wild always aims to be a free show, accessible for everyone. However, running it is not free. If you would like to support Into the Wild and say thanks, then you can do so by visiting ko-fi.com forward slash into the wild pod. The link is in the write up of this episode. By doing this and buying us a coffee, you are helping the future of Into the Wild. Thanks very much, and back onto the show. Should we should we open the door one more time, Nadia? <laughs> yes. That one sounded more painful than the other two. Yeah. You all right? Yeah, it's just, we've used it a lot. It's an old door. <laughs> I, Oscar might well just use the first one. I think. Or <laughs> none of think them, indeed. Use. Well, none of them, and he might just use the effect he usually uses. Sorry, Oscar. <laughs> Okay, our last one is garden gripes. Now, we can't all have gardens, but some of us do. And those that do have an opportunity to do something great for wildlife and yourselves. But what do you see in people's gardens that you're like, oh, no. Now, I will say for the first time in Nature Room 101 history, which is a very short history, um, but I am putting a proviso on this one that we none of us can say plastic grass. Yes. Now, the reason why is because it's so obvious and that i don't know many people or any people that love it or are fine with it so i thought i'd just push that aside we know plastic grass is bad for the environment we know it's bad for biodiversity we don't need to have that in now i will say i don't know what you both have gone for but it doesn't necessarily it can be wildlife specific or it could just be something you see in a garden you're like why have you wasted money on that when you could have done this so it doesn't have to be something specifically bad for wildlife but on that note i'm gonna go with nadia we'll go with you again because i've still not decided which one i'm going for so nadia, okay. uh 
Fine. Okay, I want to caveat this with remember that only 5% of England is covered in gardens. And so whilst they are important for wildlife, they're not the be all and end all. And Mm -hmm. the majority of problems that affect our wildlife are at a wider countryside scale. And also let's not also demonise people that make these choices because these choices um, often are kind of aspirational and people feel like they're doing the right thing. And so we can't demonise the individual. We can demonise the system that's allowed us to get to this site. I feel bad for mine now. It's okay. It's okay. I'm very, I'm happy to be the person that makes people feel bad about um, being (laughs) tricky. That's okay. Don't feel bad about it. This is just, No, no, no. I mean, I'll get over it very quickly. Exactly, right. Um, So mine, this this is as controversial as bird ringing. Wildflowers. Bird food. <laughs> Bird food. Okay. We are, again, in an ecological biodiversity crisis. What we need more than to get land from other countries and grow food on it, where it could be used for something else, which is maybe growing food for a local community in a wildlife-friendly way or whatever, but we grow vast amounts of bird food, ship it over to the UK so that people can hang it in their gardens and then feed the birds and feel good about themselves. This is a problem on a multi-layered problem. There have been scientific studies that prove, studies, there you go, but, but like that generally, actually, it's not necessarily helping the wider populations at large. We know that infections are passed through bird food and that's having an effect on various different garden bird populations. I think that... The sense of I'm helping nature and I put up a bird food and that's enough. I think if you're privileged enough to be in a position to be able to A, afford bird food and have the disposable income to be able to do that and have a garden, I think there are probably other things that you can do that are better for wildlife than bird food. Not only that, I know that some kinds of bird food are also grown in Africa and I'm really over kind of colonisation implications of growing food in other countries to feed the birds to like bring here when there are just other things that we need land for. And in that same garden space, if you could provide British flowers, shrubs and trees and leaving it a bit wild and messy, which would potentially, I don't have any data on this, okay, like in terms of that, but I'm imagining that it would be better for wildlife to stick a pond in um, and let it go messy and not have it neat than to feed the birds. And I find the bird food industry, um, I find it problematic. I feel uncomfortable about it and I'm over it. Indeed. I agree. Um, I nearly went for this. Did you? Um, so yeah, I nearly went for this. I was thinking long and hard about this, um, but I was I was gonna nearly go for it in my first one. I know it's sort of changing. I thought hopefully a little bit now, but I was gonna mention it with like turtle doves. A lot of turtle dove conservation is like in particular is basically just throwing food at them, but still not giving them anywhere to live. It's just like yeah. oh look, here's here's a load of grain. Here you are, look. But you like <laughs> you know here's where you're gonna nest. Yeah. It's just it's it just feels like. But I, yeah, I completely get it. And there's um. There has actually been a load of papers on it recently, and it is. It, it I have seen it starting to like become more talked about. And I've stopped feeding birds now. It's, hasn't it created like a, a like the feeding the dominant species that just kick out the other yeah species in areas? Hasn't that been proven? Well, proven. Yeah. you know, like not proven to always be the case, but I mean, like, hasn't that been shown to happen? Yeah, I think it does, and I think there's also like so. I think in highly urbanized areas it can be proven to help support because there's not mm. heaps of food but in in suburban and, and areas where there's wider access to the countryside not so not so good mm, good one good one i like it i'm gonna go with my one i was torn between two the one i'm gonna go for is exotic plants mm-hmm. um now, not for the reason, a bit like what Nadia said, not for the reason that I don't think they don't have a place in a garden and I don't think they they cannot be beautiful. And I'm talking plants as as basic as bamboo, for example, like hedge, like lines and lines of bamboo. I just don't believe in the current climate, literally, and, you know, crisis that we're in, that shipping plants around the world grown in places that are probably filled with people that are not being treated very fairly are the land's not being treated very fairly and as much as we have passport for plants and stuff like that to track disease wonderful it just doesn't feel like something for me that should be a priority in a space that we have to enjoy outside it is yours to do and you know if if i'm not like nadia said demonizing you for enjoying those plants because i enjoy a lot of those exotic plants but i just think we have so many beautiful 
native species from hedges, shrubs, small trees, from flowers to grasses to just uh, water plants, just so much that is beautiful and easily accessible as well. And I just think the pressure that exotic plants could put on the environment in a world where we don't have that space, I think, could be a bit gone. And I really am talking about plants like bamboo. Why do we need bamboo in a garden? Ban them. Happy to ban them. Yeah. It's not hiding anything. And it will not attract a panda as much as you hope it does. Can you imagine? My other one was going to be garden gnomes, but we won't talk about them. <laughs> My dad told me to do garden gnomes. Oh, jeez. Oh. <laughs> the people that are like, oh, but they're... So no, they're... <laughs> not yeah all right no. they're not you're just wrong yeah why yeah. that that can be an universal agreement then yeah if i don't win yeah. i will put garden gnomes in and make it so i win <laughs> cool all good right, cool that's my one exotic one. plants yeah i agree with you and, i agree mm, with you i think yes. the time now is to move away so like there used to be like these natural you know victorians were obsessed with going around the globe bringing mm. things back as a show of wealth that yeah. that obsessive um not that ship that cultural wanting to have a show of wealth has just persisted in our culture everything from having several kinds of cutlery to eat dinner these are all just things that we've adopted to replicate like yeah. we're wealthy we we're you know we're civilized we don't behave like those people down there this this kind of status symbol um, and so it's kind of like impregnated our culture as so like, you know, the British garden's got all of these, you know, plants mm. from around the world, rhododendron, et cetera. And I think, I think we can start to let go of it now, guys. We're I not in Downton so, Abbey. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. matter. It's not, you know, we, we've been gifted this stupid template for how to do a garden. Let's just start like letting go of it, I think. And bamboo can get out first. And the plants are hardier than native anyway. Like you actually have to do less work. Like you can enjoy your garden more with native species. Like that's just fact. You yeah. actually can. Like you, you can just enjoy it. Yeah. Um, Indy, what are you going for? Garden gripe. I just wanted to pick up on yours again, Ryan, because I nearly went for that too. Did you? I know I had like a list and all, all these things are on it. But another thing I suppose which <laughs> me off about like ornamental plants and stuff, especially when they're non-native, is that I think it was I think rhododendron was initially like and initially like uh, brought to the UK as like an ornamental pretty mm. plant because it looks as this kind of like pinky purple like flowers when it's flowering. But then a lot of these species just like obviously they pollinate and they spread and they're like, you know, rhododendron's like a problem across yeah. a lot of the UK now, yeah. like an incredibly invasive. So yeah, they're definitely not restricted to, well, obviously start off in gardens then probably go yeah, absolutely. the way after that. Yeah. But um, mine is um, similar to do, well, pretty much to do a bird feeding. It's the, it's the nets that you get around those suet balls and like peanuts. Mm. Mm. When I first started putting out feeders, I was like, like 10 or something. And I didn't know that. I, I, didn't, I just thought everything was fine. So I was just <laughs> buying all this crap. Well, I say me, my, I was getting my parents to do it. Yeah. Um, but no, so I just think like they're, they're really like, they're not needed. I mean, firstly, suet balls, like they've got a load of crap in them anyway. I just think, you know, I saw this video on Twitter, I think it was last year of like a gull that went into a garden and just literally like unhooked this suet ball that was in this netting, completely swallowed it whole with the, like the suit ball inside. And you just think like, what is that going to do to its insides? Yeah. Like, like if you're going to do thing. something like that, you've got these metal feeders that, you know, birds can just happily peck away at, take as much as they want. And these nets that's almost similar to bird ringing, they can get tangled up in, or when they fall on the floor, um, something else can get tangled up in them. They rot away, microplastics everywhere. You know the business. It's just yeah. more plastic in the environment that's unnecessary. Yeah. Well put. Um, so, yeah, I, I just think that there's... Um, you know, I mean, firstly, bird feeding, preferably <laughs> off anyway. But if you're gonna, if you know, if people are gonna do it, don't use them because they're just rubbish. Mm. So, yeah. Um, I so, feel the yeah, same with satsumas. Right. Yeah. Why are they in a net? Why are they in nets? Why? I don't yeah. understand. I, just, I will happily pick loose. I had my seventh satsuma yesterday. Oh, <laughs> weird. <laughs> <laughs> I've got two for tomorrow. Wow. Why are you counting them? I just, I, it's a simple life. I suppose when you're at seven. Yeah, you, you can keep track of it's it. It's kind yeah. of fine. I mean, you don't, you only really stop counting at like a hundred. Oh, yeah. Don't you? yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've had, I've had, you're not I've had 400 bananas. You're not 17 at seven, are you? <laughs> so amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Well done. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm doing well, I think actually. it's the right reaction. I'm, I'm doing well and at the moment. Like, I just feel like, 
people that feed the birds want birds to be okay and happy. Yeah. If you were making a product genuinely for the benefit of birds, you wouldn't be manufacturing in a net. It goes to show that capitalism is making a lot of this stuff. Yes. Yeah. To to make us buy stuff. Otherwise, they just yeah. wouldn't. No. Yeah. I I think even yeah. if you're going to feed the birds, there's so much that you actually don't need to buy. Yeah. There must be. Yeah. With the shit I see pigeons eating. Yeah. In London. Whole bag of chips. <laughs> and London pigeons. Yeah, those cockney pigeons. <laughs> Peregrine food. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, that was a strong one. Got a vote. We got a vote. I'm going to vote for... They're very much connected, to be fair. Yeah, but Nardi's already won two, but I can't <laughs> let that wave my judgment. No. Oh, I hate packaging. I do like seeing birds eating. I'm going to go with packaging with Indies unnecessary because I think that feeds onto so many other things yeah, to do one. with capitalism and, and like you said like just making us buy the people don't care if they truly cared the packaging wouldn't be there it'd be mm. done properly yeah. if it was an actual thing that needed to happen so I'm going to go with the packaging Indy who, who are you going to vote for? I really agree with both of you um, Good Should we leave it at that? Yeah um, <laughs> but again I just feel like for bringing up a topic that is really contentious bird feeding again because like um I just, That's why she's done it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is just very strategic. Um, no, because I just feel like, again, it's, well, it is, I think it is being more talked about now, I think. Um, and there is, obviously, with the, especially, the, I think there's more of the disease push, especially like going through green finches and chaffinches and mm. stuff like that. I think that's that's a big, um, tri, is it trichomonosis, I think, that disease? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, that disease. So, uh, yeah, probably bird feeding. But Ryan, I was going to say yours anyway. So, I don't know if that's half a vote. <laughs> <laughs> oh man you got the decider I feel yeah, like but... actually hang on no you could really mess it up here hang on what so Indy said bird feeding and... yeah and I said Indy so you can either really make it a complicated situation or you could just let Indy have it so, not just let no, Indy have I, it I feel one. like no I think it is a really good one I think I would like to go with the plants one though because I'm mm. really annoyed at the ridiculousness of the gardening set. Like, you know, sometimes when you just like, let's just stop and look at what we're doing. <laughs> like we're, we're, we're bringing in yeah. plants Garden which are causing gnomes. really big problems. Yeah. When they could be creating more. But then, you know, you know, then God, I've just said at the top of this, didn't I, that gardens are only a small percent, but they do get out into the countryside and it is causing a problem. I would say this is the thing, though. This, when we're talking about exotic plants, I guess we're also not limited to just gardens. Like a lot of these exotic plants are house plants as well. Like we're talking about a massive industry here that is, I mean, you know, we're focusing on gardens, but I do think it is a thing i guess obviously we can't have a lot of house plants indoors and i say this with an avocado growing behind me but avocado like you could literally grow one you know that you're never going to eat an avocado off that plant right not with that attitude away <laughs> when you're 80 you'll be like it's here <laughs> i'm not trying but what i'm saying is you can grow plants indoors yes you've seen <laughs> you've seen my acorn i have seen your acorn and we'll leave it at that <laughs> just one just the one. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I kind of. Oh man, I do kind of want to go with the whole packaging thing. I'm gonna. I'm gonna stick with plants, or because I cool. think that for every stack of bamboo, there could be a lovely hawthorn growing. Absolutely, mm, yeah, hundred percent. I said, like, I remember saying to my dad once, "Well, you're not going to grow any wildflowers." He went, "I don't want wildflowers," and I went, "What do you mean you don't want lovely yellow?" bird's foot trefoil or something like that like that's a that's an issue yeah <laughs> i yeah. don't want something that looks beautiful and i don't have to keep yeah, yeah. Like, do you know what i mean okay so we've got a tricky situation here because we've each got a vote so what we're going to do is we'll take one thing from each to put into nature room 101 so i'm going to put bamboo specifically okay into nature room 101 indy what type of bird food packaging do you want to put in uh, the nets that go around the, net the bird food. Yeah, it's the nets. Yeah, those those, nice those green mesh nets. And Nadia, what specific bird food do you want to put in? Um, I'll go with Niger. Niger. Just grow teasels. Hashtag just grow teasels. It's actually harder to not have teasels. They just <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so it's really annoying, and that's a bird food that is often sourced from Africa. 
Sweet. Perfect. Well, there we go. We solved it. Nadia, I, I guess we're going to have to say, is the winner with 2.3. Do you know what? Again, we don't have to have a winner. That's the white supremacy concept. So I think we're all winners for being here, are we not? She's. We've gone round full circle. But also, I am a winner, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she says this now. As soon as we stop recording, she's going to be like, booyah! <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, thank you so much, both of you, uh, for sharing your rants and your thoughts and your opinions. They were lovely, uh, lovely to hear and very valued on Nature Room 101. Um, so thank you to Indy and Nadia for being on the show. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> you can stop recording. Thanks again for listening, everyone. If you'd like to keep up to date with the guests that have appeared in today's Into the Wild episode, then you can do so on social media. Their tags are in the write-up of this episode. Also, you can follow us on social media at Into the Wild Pod on Twitter and Into the Wild Podcast on Instagram. And if you'd like to get in touch about Into the Wild or ask any questions or suggest any ideas for some episodes, you can email me at intothewildpod at gmail.com. A quick note to say that all the opinions and expressions expressed in today's episode belong to the person that said them and do not represent those opinions held by Into the Wild or anyone that we work with or are affiliated with. Into the Wild always aims to be a free show, however running it is not free. If you'd like to support us and say thanks, then you can do so by buying me a coffee. Our Ko-fi link is in the write-up of this episode. Until next time, keep well, stay safe and live the good life.